You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We want to talk some hoops, and we welcome Vizen Live host and senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel joining us from Las Vegas. I have my opinions about the first month of the NBA season. How would you describe what we've seen since these guys got back on the court? Man, I think it's been kind of odd, right? I think it's a pretty good one because you have these teams like that we expected to be bad and they're kind of good, and we have these teams that we expected to be good and they're kind of bad. <laughs> uh, I think that's the, the cool thing about it. So it, it's been kind of weird, right? Utah's. And they're kind of coming back down to earth a little bit, but Utah's already got 10 wins. It's a team whose win total crashed to like 23 and a half before the season started, and they're nearly 10, or excuse me, halfway there in terms of their win total, right? But then on the other side, they had a team like Golden State Warriors, who seemingly can't win a road game and are one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA, even though we expected them to be one of the best as they were last year. So I think we're a really good year, uh, word for it. Obviously, we're still dealing with small sample sizes. We're only about 15 games into the season, but these sample sizes are starting to grow. And so when some of these bad teams are good for a while and some of these good teams are bad for a while, <laughs> you, at this point you start to take a little bit more stock into it. Wild and wacky and actually not that dissimilar from the NFL with some teams that analysts and experts expected to come out of the gate hot and they just haven't done it. Well, let's talk about the defending champions. As you say, they're above 500. They're over on the road. They really struggle away from Chase Center. What's been the issue for them so far? I think it's been what we expected to be a very good piece for them, which was their bench and their youth, uh, has not really panned out, right? They they just sent James Wiseman to the G League. Uh, he clearly needs to be there for a while. It's actually what they said, that he was going to be there for an extended amount of time. Guys like Jonathan Kaminga couldn't see the court for like a while, and even when he does get onto the court, he hasn't been playing very big minutes for them. You know, one of their best young guys, has been Moses Moody, but this was kind of the expectation for Golden State coming into this year is the young guys were supposed to make them better. The young guys were supposed to really help push this bench, which lost a lot of pieces in the offseason, to be just as good, as, if not better, than they were a season ago. But that hasn't been the case. With Steph Curry off the floor, their net rating is a negative 14.3, meaning to get outscored by 14 points, essentially, every 100 possessions. That is not very good at all. Their offensive rating, a 102.5 without Curry on the floor, is atrocious. And it's crazy because even their defense, you know, talk about that. Even their starting lineup has not been defending that well. And they've been fouling like crazy. I think really when you look at it, the depth has been a very big issue. And I, Maybe it corrects itself. Maybe they add something at the deadline. But I would say in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to competing for a championship, I think you worry about that. I think they'll eventually get to the point where they're going to be above 500 and, and winning games and getting into the postseason. But as far as winning a title, unless that bench is going to get better, I think you're a little worried about their chances. Another team in the West that's not only below 500, but is one of the worst records in the entire league is the Lakers. And Anthony Davis said that they recently held a team meeting. Their focus is on trying to get better. Is it fixable, Jonathan? I don't think so. I, I think they, they came into this year as a very flawed team. 
and there's nothing that's really going to change. Like they did the right thing, I think, in you know sending Russell Westbrook to the bench because the minutes with him and LeBron and Anthony Davis, those numbers just were not very good, and so that kind of maximizes what you have uh, for them. But at the same time, like what do we know about LeBron James? He thrives when he is surrounded by shooters. Well, that's not what this team is. They they are shooting 31 percent from three right now. In today's NBA, you can't do that, and that's not getting any better, right? These guys aren't all of a sudden going to become better three-point shooters, and they don't even take a lot of threes to begin with. I just think when you look at this squad, it's just inherently flawed. Like, they tried to get a little bit younger in the offseason. They tried to get a little bit more athletic. That helps a little bit. But the guys that you have out there just aren't shooting the ball well, and they're not going to change their stripes at this point. I think that this is just another season where you're looking at Los Angeles and going, not even not even a play on a playing team. I don't even think they're I don't think they're finishing inside the top ten. They're gonna be on the outside looking in yet again. The Portland Trailblazers right now are sitting on top of the West. Ten wins already, along with the Utah Jazz, who you already highlighted. I guess I thought Portland had hit this wall where I wasn't sure they were going to be able to bust through again, especially after trading away C.J. McCollum, who's obviously having a blast with the New Orleans Pelicans. What makes Portland so hot out of the gate? Well, I think it's their defense. Their defense has been surprisingly good up to this point right now. If you you look at some of the defensive efficiency numbers right now, they rank eighth in non-garbage time defensive efficiency. They're giving up 111.2 points per 100 possessions. And they're doing it in spite of, shockingly enough, uh, their offense being very average at this point right now. They're 16th in offensive efficiency, and they really fall off when Damian Lillard's not out there. But, you know, out of all these teams that have been, like, nice surprises, right, in Portland, obviously, is one of them, as you mentioned, that there is going to be, I think, a fall from grace here, and I think it might be coming soon. If you look at some of the shot quality data, essentially the quality of shots that they're giving up and what opponents are shooting on those shots, They've been getting pretty lucky. If you look at it, it's called like a location effective field goal percentage is out there. And if league opponents shot, you know, a league average from the quality of shots that they were getting, there's a Portland team that would be last in effective field goal percentage, not 13th in which they are right now. I think we're probably going to start to see this team slip a little bit in terms of their defense. And if that offense doesn't start to catch up, then we're going to start to see the real version of the Portland Trailblazers. I still think they could be a play-in team, top six solidly, which they are right now. I think that's a little bit of fool's gold at this point. Jonathan Von Tobel is with us from Vizen Live. He's a host and a senior NBA analyst, and we're glad to have him back after hours, CBS Sports Radio. So, Jonathan, the Cavs had gone on this hot streak and then all of a sudden hit the skids. How much of that is because they're working out this new lineup and new roles and trying to figure out their rhythm and their flow? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Injuries are also a big part of it, too. Jared Allen has missed some time, and he hasn't been part of the lineup uh, with regularity here. So that's going to make a really big difference for the Cleveland Cavaliers because he's obviously a very big part of what they want to do defensively. Donovan Mitchell has missed a little bit of time. He's been in and out of the lineup with his own injuries. So while they've lost you know, a couple of games, I would think that they're, they, they, they're still going to be pretty good. You want to get some continuity, too, because you mentioned, right, this is a brand-new group, and while yes. they got off to the ground, you know, the running start, when you're missing time, all of a sudden, you know, when you're trying to work things out, that does not help you at all. So uh, what I'm really interested in is as this kind of moves forward and what they're going to look like defensively, because Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are not very good defenders. And Donovan Mitchell's kind of bought in early on, trying to put out a little bit more effort defensively. But we've seen him put forward some pretty pathetic defensive efforts at times. 
especially in some big spots like postseason games or otherwise. I wonder if like this version of Donovan Mitchell is really going to be the guy that we're getting defensively as the season moves along. And once you get to like, you know, a road game in Detroit on Wednesday in February, <laughs> are you really going to get the get the effort that you've gotten from Donovan Mitchell? And I wonder if they start to slip there. But I think injuries have been a little bit of a part of what we've seen. And like you mentioned, kind of just getting used to one another on top of having to deal with this time. But how do you like Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland overall, conceptually, I guess? Well, I, I think it works out really well, especially on offense, right? Like Darius Garland last year, it was so hard for them because he was their only real shot creator. Uh, he was the only guy who was charged with making any sort of offense. And so now you get two guys like that and two, I dare I say, elite guys. Darius Garland has evolved into a very good offensive guard. And Donovan Mitchell, of course, as we know, is a scoring dynamo. So I would say yes, like it, it works out super well when it comes to at least addressing some of their biggest weaknesses. I, I just wonder, like the whole team in, in the big picture, right? Like, for example, their bench, it, it's not insanely deep and it's kind of old. Like when you're waiting for Ricky Rubio to come back from injury, you're not in the best spot from a depth standpoint. When you're relying on Kevin Love at his basketball <laughs> age, we'll call it, you know, to kind of replicate a potential six man year, six man of the year type season like he had last year. I think you're on thin ice when it comes to your depth. So I think like the, the roster as a whole has some clear flaws, but I think Mitchell definitely filled the hole that they had on this roster that they definitely needed to fill. I will say, though, I think it's fascinating that Kevin Love is the one piece that's still there with the Cavaliers through those four runs to the NBA championship round. Of course, the one title against the Warriors. He's the guy that stuck. I mean, the number of times that either he was on the way out or was going to get traded or cut, and he's still there. We're like two years removed from him being so mad at Colin Sexton in a Thunder game <laughs> that he refused to actually take a pass in a game. Like, it was absolutely <laughs> incredible. You thought that he was going to quit at some point. Like, I, I was amazed watching that. And now here he is, like you said, like he's a key contributor. And he was, for some people, the sixth man of the year last year. Yes. So, no, his story, his arc has been incredible. Jonathan Von Tobel is with us from Visa Live and Las Vegas. It's after hours, CBS Sports Radio. The Boston Celtics certainly had a tumultuous, I was going to say offseason, but it actually wasn't that. It was a tumultuous couple of weeks before they tipped off the season, finding out that their coach would be suspended all year. Ime Udoka nearly ended up as the head coach of the Nets. We'll talk about them in a second. So he's still Boston's problem, but of course not around the team. What has impressed you about the way they've handled themselves in these first few weeks of the season? Oh, it's their offense. They, they're now their second in offensive efficiency right now uh, behind the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I've been so blown away with how good they have been offensively. Uh, it's been incredible to watch. And, and it's because of guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They've been performing very well. But they're averaging 119.9 points for 100 possessions and non-garbage time minutes. That's an incredible rate for this team. And it's not like they were terrible offensively last season, but they were a team that were a little hit or miss when it came to their like their consistency. We saw that pop up in the NBA Finals. Uh, they were super reliant on three-point shooting. And last year, remember, they finished 10th in offensive efficiency. The, the way that they've been scoring and the way that it has looked so easy for them and the way they can go out and pace teams like Atlanta like they did on Wednesday night, like, it's incredible to watch them on offense. I think, for me, that's been the most impressive part. Their defense got off to a slow start. They're slowly climbing up the rankings. I think they really miss Robert Williams. Once he comes back, they're going to start to look much more like the defensive group they were last year. But the fact that they're carrying the weight with their offense, I think, has impressed me the most. They have looked absolutely incredible in that regard. So they don't miss Ime at all? 
I, you know, I'm not sure if they really do at this point. And it's not to take away from Ima Yudoka, because Yudoka, I think, did a tremendous job with him. And one of the big things that he gets credit for is changing Robert Williams' defensive assignments, right? Last year, one of the reasons why they got off to that 18-21 and 21 start was Robert Williams was playing more of a true center role defensively. So he was in you know, the middle of his pick-and-roll actions, wasn't really working for him. So they switched his role, and they moved him off ball. And so they said, just you know what, you just help. You come crashing in, you block shots, you do all those things. And it changed everything for them. And Udoka deserves credit for that. But he also wasn't a perfect coach, right? Like we mentioned the offensive struggles in the NBA Finals. He never figured out an issue for that. They were bottom half of the league in clutch time uh, in terms of their net rating. They were outscored by about nine points per 100 possessions in clutch time. That's games within five points or five or fewer minutes. It's a coaching thing. Bottom half of the league in terms of points out of timeouts. That's a coaching thing. So I think Udoka deserves some credit. But he wasn't the best coach in the world. And I think now you're seeing that, hey, look, there are some guys who can press the right button and get the most out of a team offensively. And they've already set the stage already for what they're doing defensively. So Joe Mazzulla, I think, has done a tremendous job. And it's, again, to take away from Udoka, I think this team is just so good. And if you've already tweaked the right little pieces, it kind of just takes care of itself. Mm, a well-oiled machine once they get going. So the Celtics yep. right now are sporting the best record in the NBA. The Milwaukee Bucks have got the second best record. There are a couple of teams that surprise me, and I know injuries are always a part of the equation. The Sixers, to be sure, who right now are sitting at 500, but also the Chicago Bulls. I guess I expected a little more of them right away, considering the excitement, the enthusiasm, and, and really the opportunity to build on where they finished last year. Yeah, I thought, I, to be honest with you, I thought Chicago was going to be worse, to be perfectly honest. And they're kind of falling a little bit now at this point uh, in terms of the standings. But, like, we, they're doing the same thing that they did last year. Like, last year, every single number screamed, hey, this team's not that good. And yet, at one point, they were in control of the one seed in the Eastern yeah. Conference <laughs> before sliding all the way down to the point where they finished. And I think we're going to start to see that a little bit more. And it's not like they're blowing teams away. I think they're, what, 6-9 and nine now after their loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. So I, I think that we're going to start to see this team kind of turn into what they were. The, the biggest thing is the fact that Lonzo Ball is not ready for them at the beginning of the season. That stinks. Because Ball, and it stinks too because he's a good player, and you hope that he's healthy because this seems to be a knee issue that's bothering him for a while. But he's also a massive difference maker for them defensively. And I think we're starting to see now them turn into a little bit of a pumpkin. And we're like this game against Pelicans, 124 points. They had a rough time in the third quarter, gave up 37 I think Chicago is going to be one of those teams that's fighting for a play-in spot this year as opposed to a top six seed like they were a season ago. I love pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. A Cinderella reference for everybody out there. Yes, I got no, kids, gotcha. so we're getting, we're getting into that realm. Jonathan Von Tobel of Wiesen is with us from Vegas here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, I saved the, <clears throat> the best for last with the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not even sure where to start, so I'm just going to serve it up on a silver platter for you, Jonathan. What do you make of what's happening with the Nets? Everything from the personnel group they had after the offseason to the coaching decision they make with Jacques Vaughn to Kyrie Irving still being away from the team, though there is a report he could return this weekend. Yeah, I do. I don't know. Like, so I'm such like a uh, – I like a lot of numbers and analytics and data and all that kind of stuff, and that is not what you get when it comes to Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> No. Like even like the other night, like when when he's or he's quoted as saying, "Look at our starting lineup. What do you expect from that group? Like you're 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 playing. How can you say that about the guys that you are playing with right now?" And then you get reports that they're getting frustrated with Ben Simmons. Uh, I will say this: 
I think the best move they made was hiring Jacques Vaughn as opposed to going with Ibe Udoka because clearly Udoka comes with baggage and with whatever happened and transpired behind the scenes over there in Boston, why he's serving a year-long suspension, to go then and hire that guy to a team that already has all the off-court noise possible is just not a good thing. And Jacques Vaughn, to his credit, I know they gave up 150 points the other night. In the first seven games without Steve Nash, the Nets actually led the league in defensive efficiency over those seven games. So he's been pushing some buttons correctly for the Brooklyn Nets. I think he makes them better. And if they can get something out of Ben Simmons instead of just like 17 minutes a game and absolutely nothing on defense, if they're getting something out of him, you know, this could be like a sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. But like right now, why would you expect anything else other than drama and missed opportunities and losing games because that's oh. all we've kind of seen from this team. Isn't this exactly what Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving wanted when they teamed up? The ability to make decisions, but look what happened. Their decisions that they've made going back even now three-plus years have completely blown up and turned into total disasters. And I think the Nets deserve some criticism for that too, by the way. right? Like You can't, you can't sit there and do everything possible because they went out and they hired the guys they wanted. And Steve Nash was originally a Kevin Durant guy. Remember, he worked with him at Brooklyn. It was one of those guys that he uh, you know, uh, said that or credited for helping him through some uh, mental stuff when he was playing with the Golden State Warriors all the way back then. Uh, you hire him. You bring in DeAndre Jordan. You, you bend over backwards for these guys. And then all of a sudden you try to play hardball. And then, of course, they want to trade. They want out. The Nets deserve some criticism here. Like, you can't just run... Uh, this is a very negative connotation. You can't let the inmates run the asylum, right? Like at some point, you've got to put your foot down and do something structurally. And they let them do whatever they want. And then they're sitting back going, oh, my gosh, like what's happening? Are these my consequences coming to roost? This is ridiculous. Like this whole team has been an absolute nightmare. I actually am relieved for Steve Nash that he's no longer part of it and doesn't have to deal with it on a daily basis. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I think, too, like I feel like for him – there was at one point where it's like, look, I might want to be a head coach again. I just need to get out of here early. Like, these guys clearly don't care. Like, let's just get this done and let me get out of here so maybe I can save a little bit of face and I can grab another coaching job at some point. Or maybe he's smart. He's just like, dude, this isn't worth the stress. I'm a really good basketball player. I had my time. I'm just going to go retire and do some fun stuff as opposed to deal with this nonsense. Oh, it has been a lot of nonsense to be sure. We'll see whether or not they settle in. And that's what's happening with a lot of teams. They need to settle in, find a rhythm. A few weeks into the NBA season, it's definitely wacky and some weird storylines. You can follow Jonathan on Twitter at MeJVT. He's a host you can hear on Visa Live Network on Saturdays and Sundays, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can also catch his podcast hardwood handicappers and where, yep. and where can people find that uh, that's uh twice a week that's on uh, mondays and actually thursday so there'll be a new episode out tomorrow anywhere you get your podcast so apple spotify all those good spots or for decent.com awesome well thanks so much for joining us for a couple minutes from vegas we appreciate it thank you so much for having me anytime okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 